podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. To the five-year plan podcast. <laughs> oh dear! It's going to be one of those pod three one seven. Oh god! I'm, I'm Jim Daly. Kevin Day is here. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. I'm here because I live here. It's old school. It's old school. Back it's in like the, the old days. Yeah, it's great. It feels good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It feels very weird. Um, John Curran. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm. I'm yeah, absolutely <laughs> happy. And you know, you weren't 10 minutes ago when no, I turned no. up. This is gonna be a great pod. Nice glasses, by the way. Well, thank you very yeah, much. They look really good. Yeah. Jesse Boyce is here. How you doing, JD? <laughs> How are you? I'm warmer than last night, so that's a bonus. Good, okay. Someone yeah. find positive. Get, can we get the usual Patreon stuff out of the way? Just, just crack on, tell everybody you love them, mention some sponsors' names, so okay? We can do what we're here for. One, we love our patrons. We do. Two, in particular, can I get a round of applause? Uh, not round of applause, a uh, drum roll. No, no, not, not tonight, you can't, no. This is a bad okay. night to give a shout-out to Patreon this one, isn't it? I've already made it worse. Uh, Tim Faircliffe. Hi, Tim. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want to be a Patreon like Tim, go to Patreon.com. <laughs> um, and are you ready for a couple of reviews? <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Come on. Um, Paul of Epsom Hi, Paul of says, Epsom. living the pain. Okay, good start. Um, actually, quite apt for this yeah. week. Always a good listen to share the frustration of being a Palace fan after 50 years. Wow. Mm. So thank you for that mm. iTunes review, Paul of Epsom. And here's one. Uh, I'm not seeing who's sent it, but it says, thanks for the memories. Came in, had a siesta, then left. Almost forgot to leave a review. Adios, V Camarasa. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice that's thanks nice. Victor yeah, yeah. very kind indeed and if you want to leave a review in the style of a Crystal Palace player past or present we'll read it out um, thanks yeah. for everyone that came to the live show yeah, it was great. Yeah, the it was live amazing. show was great, wasn't it? It was yeah. wonderful. It was like going to a cathedral, and the the, the purity of the language, and yeah. you know, it was good. <laughs> Actually, Jamie, I want to just compliment you because you do something. Um, uh, the oh, different the, the, the different guests on the pod, you rotate the guests, mm. which is something that we don't really see. I'm a in fan the of squad team. rotate. No. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I ruined your punchline there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so listen, thanks everyone that came to the live show. It was uh, it was a great night. Loads of fun doing it. Bit of a tester for live shows, but I think it it proves that it can work. So we're going to try and do one again uh, in the near future. And thanks to Paddy McCarthy for being oh, a great yeah, guest. Wasn't he good? Especially his speech about Wilf being a warrior. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that's given us some uh, material for later. Yeah. No, Paddy was really good. Paddy, because I think we should acknowledge it's difficult for Paddy because he still works for the club and he was in front of 200 people who were asking him questions. So he had to walk that tightrope between... Well, and the stuff he talks about about the Hillsborough game was just amazing. That was good. Was, you could just get lost really, in that. That was fantastic. Yeah. He was brilliant. And uh, we're going to release that podcast uh, this Saturday. Yeah, he's too handsome, though. That's the trouble. Sorry? He's too handsome. 
He's... Endicott and I nearly killed ourselves breathing in for an hour while he was sitting next to You and Endicott nearly killed each other. Um, he started it. Anyway, we're going to release that podcast on Saturday. It's two hours long. Is so it? something wow. to fill the non-Palace gap, because obviously we were knocked out of the FA Cup. Jesse and I were benched for that, weren't we? Yeah. We, 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 were, we were seated. Squad rotation. Exactly. That yeah. 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 Happened, yeah. Never going to get on. You could, yeah. might have got on five minutes when you were a little cameo. Max Mayer and Joe. We were just soaking up Selzy's transfer rumours. Oh, really? Any to report? Yeah. All fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, look, let's crack on with part one. Apparently, Camaras is going. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um, Which is a shame because you know, we could do it with a creative midfield player, but there you are. We're getting Paul Apparently, Stewart, we have though. signed one, which we'll come on to later we, we in the yeah. podcast. We've signed one for the under 23s, essentially, haven't we? Still counts. Um, listen, part one. Um, I know we're all feeling a bit down because it's the night after the Southampton mm. game, which was bad, but yeah. we did play Man City at the weekend. Mm. So, this is a double game pod, and we mm. did get a result. At the Champions of England, and it does mean Kevin we're unbeaten in Manchester for two years now at yeah, both clubs. Sort so of, sort of stat that is, is great, but it's essentially meaningless, isn't it? It's like I'm tr- it's, I am trying. It's like no, Pep, you're doing good job. I'm like trying. Pep Guardiola, yeah, you know, it's like no Man City managers won a Premier League game on his birthday. It's, it's, far, it's strange, though, isn't it? Because five o'clock on Saturday evening, Roy was a tactical genius. Yeah. And ten o'clock last night, he was an old fart who has to go. It's that's <laughs> basically. I've, but the contrast between the two. Performances. I know John has a slightly different take on the Man City performance, but the contrast between the two performances and the feeling after each game. I've, just last night was one of those. Uh, you have to put it. You, you know, there are certain tests you can do, and they discount the worst score and they discount the best score. It's almost like if last night was so bad, you kind of go, oh, oh, you have to just forget it. It's, it's so un. But the, it, it was a good performance on Saturday, but also again, we could have got hammered. We, well, look, we played well, and it was a defense. And it, what was interesting though was the contrast. I thought everyone was having to go at Newcastle, Steve Bruce, for beating Chelsea with essentially twenty-eight percent possession, or whatever. But everyone was praising us for getting a point at Man City for the same reason. It's, it's strange how the perception of the media and football fans are different according to who they're they're talking about. Can I? I mean, just on those two fixtures, can I read out a tweet from Seki Eagle, oh, who Seki. John says, "Can we just pretend we lost to City and drew with Southampton?" Yeah, I, know. I think that's good. There was one massive difference between the Man City and Southampton game, and we actually had corners from oh, the Man City wow. game, and we scored our first goal yeah. from yeah. a corner this season. Yeah. And it was the first corner we had this season that where we actually tried something. Yeah. Oh, the, the, and so there's a bigger there's a bigger thing I'll rant about later. You can do it now that. if you want. Well, it, it, it's just you know, I mean, you know. We can talk about the tiredness, and that's a massive thing, and it's real. But it, the shit on set pieces that we've had all through this season, you know, and every other team we seem to play against, they've got that one player who can do something with a ball from a dead from a dead ball position, and we just don't have any of that. But just, the strange thing is, I know everyone wants to hear from Jesse because he seems to be everyone's favourite on this pod because he's oh, kind of what. Well, of the guest. Oh, okay. he, he's but, the Joe, I'm the Max. <laughs> we've, we've talked all, all, all season about Luca's free kicks and that little dink in, but it, it seems that that's a club policy because we had three or four sort of diagonal free kicks outside the box and that's all we did was do that sort of slightly backspin, slow lob into the box to see what happened and that's contrasted to Southampton's energy and imagination and, and yet the one time this season when we did show imagination in the free kick against Arsenal... When he played that one down the line, we we scored a goal from it. It's it's slightly mystifying, but okay. Well, look, let's come to Jesse then because he's, he's waited patiently. Um, and in fact, I'm going to put a uh, 
message to you from PC Wires. Oh, good old PC. The nice famous PC nice Wires. PC it really was, actually. Yeah. It was really great. And who knew he was Lier's... All these faces that you know from Twitter turn out to be... It's, they're, like, they're like almost as famous as us, yeah. in a way. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, um, he says, um, as adjective performances go, I would rate that as low as the 4-0 loss to Sunderland under Allardyce the positive is that we turned our performances around and maintained our position comfortably while Sunderland went on to get relegated twice should Southampton be worried (laughs) (laughs) well um, I was surprised to see uh, Andy Street leave his seat on the 76th minute and walk trudge up the stairs at the homestyle which told me everything because usually he's leaving on the 65th (laughs) but he was uh... (laughs) can't can't defend himself either no, um, ironic for a lawyer. It, it, <laughs> it was. It, it, people, people were leaving early last night because they gave given up hope, which was never a good sign. Um, Southampton, you've got to be fair; they've had a really good couple of months, haven't they? And we're the only team yeah. they haven't beat yeah. uh, for a little while. Um, they, but but, but just they came off. You'd, you'd think going into the game last night, we uh, we got a really good two-two draw, last-minute goal. They conceded three goals in the second half. And yet, confidence-wise, from the start, it seemed completely different because we conceded so much space and time to them right from the first minute. So that any lack of confidence they may have had from conceding three goals in 15 minutes on Saturday evaporated when they realised that we weren't... And I think we should sort of... Because at the moment, it's clear there's the Roy out. There's a lot of Roy out people, but there's a lot of in Roy we trust people. And I think we should say this is only the fourth time this season we've, you know, we're Sheffield United yeah. away, Wolves game, Derby, when we were angry. So this is only the fourth time, which is probably a record. Yeah. But the in Roy we trust people probably need to turn off now because for once I think we're all justified in acknowledging what a good job he's done. But that was so abject last night that you kind of can't. So can, can I just build a bit? Um, Jesse and I, our seats are right by the players' tunnel and a when the players came out, you know how they come out in a line, there were literally gaps between the Palace players. And they really? walked out and I was thinking, there's no uniformity here. They're not coming out as a team. It was, they, it, whether or not they were tired, but Zaha took ages to come out with IU. They were, I mean, it, it was kind of embarrassing. It was, you felt that you would want the kind of manager or the coach in the dressing room to say, put on the tracksuit tops, look uniform, stand. You know, and it was... I don't know what it was. It looked that we were walking out. We were just turning up. We were individuals. There was no sense well, of you, a team. You would notice that because you're an anthropologist. You would probably notice that more than we did. And I, I also think it's, there was a Southampton player down for a couple of minutes on the half hour mark. Cedric. Cedric. And you, you kind of thought, exactly as you said, that's the time when you think, well, Tompkins or okay here or somebody should be getting the players together. But instead they all just stood, I think one or two chatted to each other. The others all stood hand on hips. But they, they were looking at each other in the first in, half, yeah. saying, well, "Why aren't you standing over there?" When, yeah. And they're like showing their palms to each other. In that moment, I, I remember that moment because Maka was being quite active, even though yeah. he had a bit of a bad game. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was talking to Tosin, then went back to Tompkins, had a chat with him. Then we went, spoke to Kiate and Au. So we were all watching this and talking about it. this is interesting. Maka's taking control there, and then went back to Tosin to tell him what everyone else had said or whatever oh, they discussed. Okay. Didn't add up to anything, yeah. and he, he skied that shot straight afterwards. So uh, <laughs> really? probably, I think Maka told him to, to go for Rosehead because that's why. <laughs> well, how do we, I mean, what you're saying about them sort of the no uniformity and stuff like that almost plays into what Roy said after the game that these lack of players, these injuries, these suspensions, the tiredness of being played on Saturday. 
all sort of caught up with us. And and how do we feel about that? Do we do we buy that as an excuse? Do we accept that's a that's a variable here, yeah. or do we accept that maybe it, it it should be something they should have dealt with? I think the tiredness, the fatigue, we should bag that. That's in there. That that's definite, definitely in there. And especially three days after coming away from Manchester mm-hmm. and having to play that type of football. But that's not the reason why we've only scored one goal, which was a penalty, in the first half at home. Mm. That's the reason why we haven't scored any set pieces mm. from home, from, from at, at home. There's something, and this was the same last season, there's something about the football we're playing um, that I'm not necessarily blaming Roy for this because I still think it's about the personnel we have. Mm-hmm. We can't play the type of passing football that Southampton were playing and the movement Maybe we're too old. Brighton played us off the park when when they came to, to play us for seventy minutes. Okay, so there's there's a bigger issue there. There's this, we need to start looking at this from a systemic point of view, from a holistic point yeah. of view, right? And a personnel if, point right, of view. Right, yeah, yeah, also personnel yeah, it's fine. We, we're not we're not at that stage where we've only got three substitutes. Southampton rested Danny Ings last night. And the sort of football we were playing in the first half, you go, well, why isn't Wickham playing? If we're just going to lump that ball forward aimlessly, why isn't Wickham on the end of it? And also, it's not. And of course, Roy Hodgson's a better manager than we are. We know that. He's a, he's, a, he's a brilliant manager, as simple as that. But in the first half last night, 24,000 of us could see that Ayu and Kelly weren't doing their job on that right-hand side, that, that Bertrand was in acres of space every time for the whole 45 minutes. We can see that. They must have been able to see that. Change it. Somebody, somebody's got to change something. You could, have, you could have played Jimmy Mack. You, uh, yeah. If you're not going to play Ward, play Jimmy Mack or something, something there, right? Because Didn't Roy yeah. do that in the last home yeah, game? Yeah, we, we there was the injury, West Ham, yeah. he West did move Kiati out, yeah, didn't yeah. he? But so this, he did is, this is why there's this well, systemic thing. That's not tiredness. That's nothing yeah. to do with tiredness, that. The biggest thing is in the, the, the lack of investment in the squad. When the injuries come in, then there's a problem. Then you're flogging horses. Well, we've got 11 players, maybe 12 players who've been literally, they wake up in the morning in a stable yeah, and they come yeah, in yeah. with big beaters and they beat their... That's really what's got... That, that's the end result of what we're... You know, so this isn't a one-off. This is a manifestation of a bigger, bigger problem. The issue maybe I have with Roy about this is that why play the same team that played Man City? Okay, why play the same tactics... Yeah. that we played against Man City. And the, the, the third point about that, Roy might come up and say, I've got no other options. I have to do that. You have. We could still have lost that game 2-0 and play other players who maybe aren't good enough. But then you could look at Steve Parrish and the owners and say, prove the you. Yeah. But okay, so, so this, is the, this is what I don't get. Sorry, I don't get this stubbornness. You know, at least show us, you know. And, and Selzy said this yesterday. What are we getting as fans? going to home games. What are we actually getting, you know, in, in, in return for our loyalty? We said before, and Selzy, when Selzy's pessimistic, you know there's a, a problem. But it, it quite clearly, Jesse, wasn't working. And it looked, on paper, it looked like, it looked like we were playing three up front. They, it looked like I, Wilf and, and Tossen. It didn't work, but it was quite clear we were getting outrun in midfield. So it's not rocket science to say to one of them dropping or make a change or do whatever and again we were 2-0 down 2-0 bef- down 15 minutes before the change was made and it's it's almost like Roy had decided well this, this game's gone let's or, or as you say he might it might be his way of making a point who knows but, I, I said to JC <coughs> after the game really missed a player like Schlupp last night yeah just yeah, someone yeah. who could drive forward yeah um, point. and, and PVA yeah and PVA yeah. as well just someone who, was, who would take someone on and just help 
um, just get it out of that mess we were in, just in our own half or on the halfway line. But you, I mean, look at Southampton. They started the game with Obafemi and Long. They're reserve, two reserve, two, two, stri- yeah. two reserve strikers yeah. who are hung- hungry for their chance, yeah. um, and then bringing casually at will, uh, replace them with Ings yeah. um, and the other forward. I forget his name now. But um, yeah, they, they had four four forwards to choose from. Whereas we've got Tosin, who hasn't played ninety minutes. Did he play ninety on Saturday? You know, he played no, eighty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when was, when was the last time he for, yeah. for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. So September, I think. For yeah, so we've got him uh, replaced by Wickham, who's just you know a sort of busted flush. So that's that's what we've got in comparison to what they've got. Plus, added to the run that they're on, I'm not even making excuses. They've got a better squad. I, right? I, they've got a deeper yeah. squad. Yeah, and I agree with what you, I think. You we take it as a given. Fatigue mm. and tiredness is there, but if you look at the goal that they scored, the Armstrong goal. Um, it just will could have could have affected Armstrong at least put him off his shot, but instead decided to run with the over, the guy over in case he passed that way, and it yeah. just opened up for him. Like, it, like that's not really down to tiredness and fatigue. Decision making mm-hmm. wasn't there. This, it, nothing connected. It was frustrating to watch. But I think Southampton have figured out Gaeta's weakness, which is Weldy's. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's a good. Well, I've got a question, and it kind of goes back to your point, actually, John from. Harry Rushworth. Hi Harry. Hi, Harry. He says, why do we play so defensively at home against the worst teams in the league? The joy of watching Palace at home is slowly becoming non-existent. I would say to that, we play defensively at home against every team mm. in we, the league. We hadn't... The West Ham game, for just a couple of games in a row, either side of Christmas, before the Arsenal game, we hadn't for three games. Because we, we commented on the pod about how we looked a little bit more positive going forward from the start and it it didn't last but and again even yesterday people were going well it'd be like the Arsenal game come half time we'll, we'll come roaring back and it just wasn't it yeah there was no because in recent years there has been a sort of good comebacks haven't there yeah, but, just, but, but did the Arsenal goal kill it yeah I mean totally yeah, but, but we, we, we this idea of our, our some comebacks it's it's is that, our, is, that our, yeah, is that our identity now <laughs> yeah. I mean Paddy in the, in, in, talked about you know we, we do the same type of style of play right down the, yeah. the, the years and we like win Right, but we don't have any wingers, and you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, we got we got one winger in the first team at the moment, right? The thing about going back to the, the question, there was a really interesting quote from the Saints manager in the pre-match uh, conference, and I read it on the BBC, and I can't remember exactly what the quote said, but it was alluding to this that Crystal Palace don't really play with much of the ball at home. Mm. Now that is like saying mm. to someone, "You're a fat bastard." Or you shit at that. It was the most condescending remark that was so true. And a manager saying about a home team, they don't like to play with the ball. Or they don't like possession. They don't tend... But he doesn't have to do any homework. He doesn't have to see which are the dangerous players. You know, we, we are playing football. We are playing football that is, at best, archaic. Right? At worst, vulgar. I really don't understand what we're trying to do. The kick, give it to Zaha, give it to Zaha, give it to Zaha. So he can, you know, this has been going on for two seasons now. But well, also, we're giving it, the, the difference is that we're giving it to Zaha with his back to goal half the time. Now. It's like, we're, we're, but who, who, who can pass the ball? But who when you're pass the ball? Well, the thing is, well, 
I was disappointed because Riedeveld last night stopped trying in the end because at least in the first half Riedeveld was trying to, to hold the ball, trying to make passes, trying to hit a pass. He stopped doing it because the crowd were having a go at him. So in the second half he was as bad as everyone else. But it, in, when Wilf was at his best, when yeah, he had Yannick <coughs> on the other side when, and yeah, when he's linking up with PVA as well and, and Loftus-Cheek uh, for that season before last, little triangles. But Wilf was getting the ball in front of him. He wasn't getting the ball with his back to goal, exactly. surrounded by defenders oh, at every stage and being asked to do stuff because no one else is making runs for him to do anything there's no one around him. Well, yeah. on that point credit to McCarthy for the Man City equaliser because oh. that tackle and immediate, his immediate he's, he, okay let's say his um, urgency is impressed upon him because he knows it could be the last kick of the game so his immediate thing is mm-hmm. to put it find the outlet yeah. well, and put it into his feet the way that he's been doing it since he was 17 years yeah. old, the way Jedi put it into his feet, the way that Luca was when he first joined. Um, that Does it take us to be like the gamble at the last chance? Last-ditch tackle could be a red, get the ball, fight with urgency, put it into the out. Is that what it takes for us to play the way that we're, we've been accustomed to but, with Wilf? But McCarthy, disappointingly, didn't get the credit. None of the, the TV shows, Chris Kamara, Match of the Day, none of them said, what a... Hang on, let's let's roll that back a bit. Mm. Look at that tackle from McCarthy on De Bruyne, yeah, and look at that pass. But the thing is, that as, as Guardiola said afterwards, no other team would have conceded that goal because City was still going forward looking for a third goal. Most other teams, Wilf wouldn't have had that space. Wilf would have been double teamed, so we yeah. wouldn't have scored. It's only because City is so naive that we did score it, and McCarthy was brilliant to do it. And Wilf, for once, the ball in front of him, and Wickham again didn't get the credit he deserved because Wickham bullied Fernandinho mm. and was basically all over him when he scored, made, yeah. forced him into scoring yeah. the own goal. But that's because they allowed us to do it. Yeah. When when a team like Southampton, Southampton for FFS, when they don't allow us to do it, we've got no other option. But At least th- we used to have Yannick as the other yeah. option. Mm. There's no other well, option. Well, the thing is, that, oh, that we yeah. said before, the right yeah. side, yeah. is it yeah. shows up on the right side yeah. how, yeah. how weak it is. I said this to someone last night, you'll know this because we sit in the same spot. That sort of top right quadrant um, us attacking the Homesdale. I don't remember one passage of play where our players were in that box yeah. in the second half. Yeah, exactly. and, you, and we get such a good look at the players. Yeah. And we're, we need pictures for the fanzine. Shout out to so send them over. Yeah, please do. Um, I was, I was ready, ready to take pictures last night, okay. so I'm aware that there wasn't any pictures to take because there was no but, one coming but near but us. Even when Wan Bissaka was here last season, I imagine it would be fairly much the same thing, though. I, don't, I bet that's not new. He wasn't bombing up there. The, the, the thing is, if we're going to change the style of football we're playing at home, it means we have to break down teams. So tell me which midfield players mm. um, can do, do a pass. That he's, and, and Selzy said something after the Man City game on the Pod Extra, which was you, nowadays you don't need the, necessarily the creative midfield player, right? You need the... And then you allow the wingers and the other... But you still need a player who can pass a bloody ball. And I, to be, I'm going, to, I'm going to really throw this out there. MacArthur, I don't know if he can pass it. I mean, you know, he's a great nippy little player and stuff, but he's not going to do that deathy little pass that's going to break the defence. Or, or He's shocked when it comes to the penalty box. He's, lo- he's lost that, right? So I'm, I'm thinking, Luca, is he going to do that? You know, have we got that as a, a player who's going to break down a team with his passing? Is MacArthur going to break down a team with his... Is, you know, so... who? Who? How are we well, going to change the style of football? There was one pass just after Mayer uh, and Wickham came on. There was one pass, Mayer picked it up almost in front of Roy, really good diagonal ball through to, to Connor, who d- did that first touch and then tried to go past the keeper. Up. 
and they thought that's a brilliant ball but then you see the highlights and it was a massive deflection <laughs> but, at least, but at least for the first time in the game he was, it was a forward pass mm. Look, it was we'll... a diagonal ball it was, it was trying to, to affect the mm. game and actually do something different and break their lines down which we hadn't done at all because like that. John says our, we, our midfield players are too similar mm. Luka right. comes back and then Roy's got the choice between five similar players then, so. yeah. and did anyone notice Gyro had a bit of an odd game last night he, um, he kept hoofing it Every time he got the ball, he was just launching it up the line. Try, I think, but that comes back to what I just said. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't at the start. It was just the fans got onto him, so he decided. Well, but also, what, what else did he have to do? There's no one showing for him. No one was dropping yeah. back yeah. for him. He's, no the, one. The kids brought up at Ajax when every time he looks up at Ajax, there's going to be three or four yeah. white shirts looking for the ball. He's looking up last night, going, "Well, I just I've hoof it to Wolf. That's the only option I got." And Wolf just wanted the ball so he could try and get Warprow sent off or poke him his finger in the. Thank you for bringing me on to the next point. So we need to talk about Wolf. Jesus Christ. And um, one, what what do we do when it's not working with Wolf and he's got a right back who, to be fair to Warprow, was excellent and really did have him in his pocket. And, and two, got in his head as well. And got in his head. Totally. And two, you know, the, the reaction to that because um, watching it back at the time, it probably VAR done us a favour because it probably was a red card. He, he poked him in in the face. Well, I've got a question as well from Nicholas Jones or Wilf in general. That's going to chuck in here. He says we don't want to lose Wilf, but accept that he's probably going. However, his asking price can buy him these recent performances, and I would chuck in the you know the attitude or reaction to being wound up means we're in a weird limbo. He doesn't want to be at Palace, but he's unlikely to move. Where to from here? Cheers from Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, um, oh, but yeah. I, I, I said this to the FYP guys as well. No one is going to pay our £80 million asking price when they see Wilf, one, failing to make anything from games like that, and two, reacting in that way toward Browse. I, I don't think, regardless of how well Wilf had played this season, no football's changed. No one's going to pay £80 million up front for Wilf, full stop. Yeah, Simple as I that. agree. And that's why... I still think Chelsea is the most likely option because they've got players to spare that they can swap. But no one, if if anybody wants to pay eighty million quid for him, it will be in three, four, five instalments. And Steve Parrish is going to have to to live with that for a start. But, and as each game goes by, five million quid is knocked off his value. The the, the poking yard. There's still some. I've been trying to find out today whether VAR can be used when the game's not. Being played, it can, yeah. There was there was someone well, in, in the Bundesliga who got sent off. At well, well, he was lucky then last week, but he wanted to pick a fight with Warpress right from the start. And look at all that's yeah. all he was getting. And, yeah. and if and and it's ironic because Paddy McCarthy did that wonderful speech in the live pod about what a warrior he was, what mm. a lion he was. And last night he was a petulant little kid. And and if Wilf wants to go somewhere for eighty million quid, he's twenty seven now. Wilf wants to go. All right. This is not working. Give me the ball. I'm going to make something happen. Yeah. But instead, he was throwing his hands up in the air. He was all he wanted. He was target. He just wanted the ball in front of Ward Prowse all the time. Yeah. Or not to get himself sent off, or to get Wolf Prowse sent off. So there's no one in that team, and Wolf, he's not 19 anymore. He's not Brandon Pirrick. He should be going. All right, okay. I'll show people how much I'm worth. I'll win this game on my own, like the Bournemouth game at the end of last season. Where he goes, right? Give me the ball. I'm going to score. Yeah, and, and he bounced off defender. And yeah. it was the third game in a row, uh, John, that, that James Ward has done this, yeah. James Ward Prowse. And in a way, he's set the blueprint now for how to stop Zaha, which but, is but, get yeah. his head. But. Ex- <laughs> No, there's other ways to stop. You don't have to get in his head to stop him. But it's clearly clearly works. Long was chatting to him as well. Firstly, what gets me about Wal Prowse, he looks like he's doing work experience at Nat West. (laughs) And and half of the Blimming Southampton team do. Mm. You know, they look like bloody kids. And he's there and he can get into Wolf's head to that level. I mean, I'd I'd hate to know what what he's actually saying to him. Mm. Right? And maybe he's, you know, he's going way below the belt. I don't know. 
but you hope not. Yeah, you, hope yeah not. exactly. Yeah. Losing that fight against Ward Prowse and getting that, that, I agree with you, Kev. It was pathetic. It was pathetic, and you know, there's there's the bigger picture of frustration that Zaha doesn't have anyone around him mm. that he can play off. You know, he hasn't got the loftus cheeks and the kabais anymore. The brains, yeah. it, you know, it's. But that means that he's not eighty million. No one wants to take him if he if that's the style of football he's been forced to grow up and play with. Give it to Wilf. Do you know what I'm saying? So I can understand his frustration, but it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And you know what? Anyone can we can say what we want about Walpole, and I've certainly said stuff. But he won. Yeah. It, and and Wilf South London, right? South London. When I went to school in South London, Streatham, if you couldn't handle your your cussing in the playground, and you, you took offence to something, you'd be told in certain ways that you've lost. Right and and come on, he should have been relishing playing an against emergency yeah. right back. Of course, yeah, exactly. That was his yeah. opportunity yeah. to completely tie him in knots and get him sent off with by yeah. by forcing him into a challenge. But yeah, instead he reacted to his um, chat as the whistle went. I mean, personally, I think VAR being used at half time is a vast improvement. Better than <laughs> better than in play. Vast improvement. But the second half, Jesse, he, he went looking. He wanted the ball only in front of Walprouse. So it became a personal battle in the second half. He had no intention of winning that game for Palace. He just wanted to carry on. That He wanted to get, you know, and I don't think it was to get Walprouse a red card. It was so he could cuss Walprouse and take him on. It was a complete, it was a, battle, a game within a game and that was played right into Southampton's hands. And the fact is, Wilf will walk off and, and nobody had a good game last night. It's one, that's why it's such a bizarre thing to talk about because I've never seen a performance where every single player was off his game, even Cahill and Tompkins. But the fact that, that Zahar allowed himself to be lured into that and instead of and then wonders why the big teams aren't coming in for him. You don't see people you don't see Salah, you don't see Mane, you don't see Firmino doing that sort of thing. You don't even you talk to Ian Wright. So if that's going on, the way you deal with it is to beat him, score a goal and then stick two fingers in his face. Don't stick your poke your finger in his eye and walk off. How how can, how can Southampton turn up? And play with two up front. Oh, no. You know, how can other teams do that? <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and last season we, we tried that, oh, we're going to get spanked, we're going to get spanked. Rubbish. So, how can they do that? And we haven't got that ability to do it. Well, also, how can they, well, they could turn up with Restegard at the back, who's a giant, and they go, all right, we've got a giant on the bench, should we, should we bring him on? No, we'll wait till we're 2 0 down there. It's like, and again, everything is, is, is reactive. It's, it's like, just start a game. We've got, we've come back from a really good point. Southampton have, have thrown away a, a two-goal lead. Let's get on the front foot. Because the few times we did get out of them last night, their defence is shocking. The, the the mistake they made to let Tosin in for that shot that he went over the bar is three or four times. Mm. As soon as we actually made an effort, there's a couple of times towards the end of the game, they can't defend. We didn't get one corner no. yesterday. One corner playing against a team below us. No shot on target. No, no, shot, no on shot on target. That is disgraceful. I think they had 14 Dis- corners. Disgraceful. Shots well, listen, look, guys, we've had a, uh, a question from Ian Knight. Hi, Ian. And Ian says, I was always told if you don't have anything positive to say, say nothing at all. So that's the end of part one. <laughs> After the break, we'll be talking... Uh, about an article from The Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the five-year plan podcast. Hey. Hey. Oh, we're feeling a bit... More upbeat. Got out the system. We just yeah. don't like to disappoint you. That's what it is. Because you look so. It's like when you, a spaniel's upset. I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> part two, of course, is sponsored by the Athletic. Worldcast team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. A subscription-based website and app, and they are completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups. Just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Are you ready for this week's article, boys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's called... What does Cenk Tosin's arrival at Palace mean for Jordan, are you? And here is a section from it. Who's it written by? It's written by Mr. Matt Woosnam. Oh, nice. Palace's reporter for The Athletic. Uh, and it goes like this. For are you the consequences of Andros Townsend and Jeffrey Schlupp being out with injury and Tosin's impressive performance at the Etihad... I think this was written before Tuesday night, <laughs> may be to limit his impact on the Palace side. And we, did, we talked about this, actually, didn't we, about him being out wide. Out wide, he is less effective. Admittedly, he scored his stunning goal against West Ham from that position. But he generally seems to have less of an influence uh, than when he's played through the middle. On Saturday against Man City, he touched the ball just once in the opposition penalty area, as opposed to the five touches he enjoyed in Arsenal's box a week earlier, playing in a central role. But any suggestion that Palace might play two centre-forwards when players return for fitness was dismissed by Hodgson who seems to have settled on a formation that largely suits players he has. And John, you were saying about Southampton playing two up front. We've got potentially two players there in IU and Tosin who could do that role for us. Yeah, It's not going to happen. No, Roy says it's not going to happen, so it won't happen. Sadly, it would be nice to have seen if it could happen, if we were going to you know, lose, and it could be quite exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure. It would be a shame if IU is kind of, Sideline, maybe he could do with a rest. I don't know. He's been running his, you know, mm. himself into the ground, and he's been actually the only one of late, even even with Man City, who's been trying to push the ball forward. So how I thought was obsolete for a lot of the Man City game, mm. not because they were marking him out; he was just not there. But it was Ayu who was pushing and getting fouled and stopping the play, and did a lot of that. So we have to really take that type of play into character about that uh, of the importance. So we'll see, and we also see with Tottenham because. Let's hope he is the Turkish Murray. Um, and there's been big talk about Doogie's been, Doogie's been watching him for a long time, wanted him for a long time. Well, he's picked him up in, from a team that don't really want him. So I really hope it works out for him. But we can't be doing this, this is fantastic scouting. Well, we, know, did, we, we, we wanted him, but not to the extent that we would pay the money. His Turkish, 27 million. Yeah, never but not to, we'd agreed the fee, but we wouldn't agree to pay it all in once. So we didn't want him that much yeah, well, when, it, when he signed yeah. for Everton. But what was the stat there? That I touched it how many times? Once in <coughs> the opposition box against Man City when he was playing out wide. As opposed to? Five against Arsenal when he was playing through the middle. Now, see, I don't think five touches as a central striker in the opposition box is an impressive stat to compare to one as a wide player, perfectly honest. It's not... So if you're saying he touched the ball 35 times as a striker in the Arsenal box and once as a wide player, that's not... I don't think that's a particularly good comparison. And also, Ayu himself has, has spoken 
quite openly about the fact he doesn't like playing as a centre forward. He wants to play as a ten or as a, as a left-sided midfield player rather than a wide player. So you bring Tossard in, and we discussed this on the live pod. It's not a thrilling move, but it gives us a bit of variety. But so what do you do? The player who has scored six, seven goals for you, take him out of the position where he scored six or seven goals for you, put him out on the wing, and put Tossard, who's not probably not match fit. And the fact is, against Man City, Tossard looked some of his hold-up play was was great. And I think he was unlucky not to have that that second goal allowed when he stones cut across him, mm. and the one where Zaha dinked it across him that looked really good. But it, when it's taken so Camarasa couldn't get in a team for six months, when it's taken so long to bed players in, and suddenly you take the goal scorer out and you put the bloke who's never played for us in. That, that, for me, that doesn't make. If you were arresting, if you were saying, if you're always going. One of the brilliant things about Tossard is I can give Jordan a rest, mm-hmm. like they did for Danny Ings last night. You go, great, he needs a rest. As, as John just said, he's worked his nuts off. Which but he might have done. But, also, but you could see last night. And Mendy, how many crosses did we get away with with Mendy on uh, Man City? Because I wasn't defending right, because that's not his job. He doesn't know how to do it. I mean, so why, and you can see the voice has gone up, so that's how I know <laughs> I am. So that, it just makes no sense. Well, I think you're right. He may have dropped him if... Andros Townsend was fit, and we had options to, to play out there. Yeah, not dropped, rested. Rest, sorry, yeah, rested. Yeah. But I think, I think in a way, Jesse, that Ayu is almost a victim of his own versatility in that he is a player that, as John said, you put him out wide, and he was good against... I mean, I know that the, the touch and the boxing is a stat there, but he was very good at holding up, drawing in fouls, and I thought he looked, he looked excellent out there. So the fact that he can do a job out there actually... You, I mean, you can't put Tosin out there. He's not going to do a job on the wing. So you almost have to move Ayu out there. He's almost a victim of the fact that he is still quite reliable, quite decent in any position. I think you've got to give it to Roy that he's a little bit of a no-win scenario here. Because mm. if he'd, if he'd, if Tosin had come in and just been on the bench yeah. uh, for the last two games, you'd sort of say typical Roy. brings players in, doesn't play them. Uh, so he... He, I was amazed that he threw him in at City starting. I mean, that, that wasn't very Roy. Mm. Um, yeah. But then the byproduct of that is you've you've pushed AU and you've shifted him out wide. Um, but let's be realistic. AU has overachieved in scoring five goals based on last year. And six, six, I think. Three. Yeah, and he's... Um, we're, we're one of the lowest scoring, lowest shooting teams in the mm. league. So, and Norwich, who are bottom of the league, have a striker who scored twice that. Mm. Right. So he, he's just the best of a bad bunch. Right. He's not brilliant. He just happens to have done better than he's ever done for us before. And he's a very hard working player. You, oh, that's his greatest asset for me. He can hold on to the ball and um, take it from one side of the pitch untroubled to the other. Um, but, you know, we, we just haven't got a great. Uh, a sort of set of options up front. We've got Wickham, who we talked about. We've got Tosin, Benteke's injured. You've got AU, makeshift striker. These, compare that to... I'd rather take... I'd swap all four of them for Southampton's front four tomorrow. Yeah, I think I agree. I would also buy a player from Turkey who scored a hat-trick um, in, the, in the weekend as well. You know? Is that a Norwegian striker yeah. by any chance? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but... Also, as well, as John says, if you want to play both of them, if you do want to have IU and, and Tossin in the same team, put them together up front. Bring Kayati yeah. to play wide at the, on, on the right side. If you're so concerned to have IU playing. And also, as we said on the, li- on the live pod, the reason IU's getting so much credit is because he, he only cost two million quid. 
He's a good player and he's doing a good job for us. If Benteke had, had only scored five goals for us, we'd be going mental. <laughs> we, we seriously would. We'd be going as a 30 million quid striker. He's only played five goals. So he's being judged by different standards. And it's great what, what Ayu's done for us. But again, it comes back to why do you, why do you drop the bloke who's been scoring goals or move the bloke who's been scoring goals for a bloke I, that we, that I, Well, I think, I think, you know, the why has he been moved out to the wing? I think it had, you know, Max wasn't, he was injured against Man City, but he wasn't really doing much there. And I think I was going to have give, you know, we didn't have Townsend. So I think it was necessity that he's he's been moved out there. What would be really interesting is if Townsend comes back, we'll probably be not sure, or we get a winger, um, then is there a temptation to play two of them up front? You know, and that would be. A, I, like, don't been talk, I don't think it will happen. Roy talking in his press conference before the game yesterday. <laughs> that noise is head watching. But when Roy talks about getting Townsend back and be like buying a new player, that old cliche, getting Saka back and be like oh, buying a new God, player. I hate that. So, but clearly, <laughs> but, that, that, but that clearly indicates that Townsend's going straight back in the team. Mm. But also, the other thing is as well. It's like take a you know, Pirrick looked a bit lost against Derby, but no Palace fan would have moaned last night if he'd started or come on. And also, you buy yourself a bit of... Palace fans would leave the game going, yeah, we lost, but at least Roy threw the kids in. At least he gave them a bit I don't of know, I, I, My little d- d- different thought on that is a little bit like there is that whole kind of well-being thing yeah, for an 18-year-old. Player, yeah, you don't, point, maybe, if yeah. the crowd are that hostile, is there, yeah. you don't want to put them on. I, I mean, don't think just... they would be, though, for a, young, for a youngster. That's, that's my, my I do, point. That's uh, one yeah, thing that Warnock... Yeah. He's the only thing Warnock... He, he, Warnock understood that, that you could put... Okay, um, well, listen, you can read that article at The Athletic. Um, and if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a 30 day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, which is just £2.50 a month. I'm going high like Kevin now. Anyway, um, after the break, we've got uh, a few questions from our listeners. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Voice has gone all deep now, hasn't it? <clears throat> welcome back well, to the Five Year Plan. It's very uh, sexy yeah, radio. Very voice. Radio Four News. Thank well you. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't know. Um, question. That wasn't... <laughs> ruined it. I ruined it. Uh, Lee S. Hey Lee. Lee. Nice to meet Lee on Friday night. Very nice to meet Lee. Um, says does drawing at Man City then not podding until tonight after we were reporting against Southampton mean that FYP are. Typical Palace. <laughs> he knew it was coming. And Kevin Gunner says, Hi, Kevin. is it too early to start playing three little birds on the speakers after home games yet? <laughs> I don't think that'll go down well yet. Yeah. And Selhurst Exile Hi, says, Exile. is it possible to turn the corner when you didn't win one in an entire game? Oh, that's a very good point. Very true. I mean, Indeed. Astonish- that is an astonishing stat. I'd be interested to see how many teams have not forced a corner in a home game. I'm sure it's been done before. It's not great. Do you know? It's not great. Do you, do you know? So, so I'm just sorry. I'm back. On, I can't let it go. I'm so upset about last night. Anyway, you, you know, last night I was. You, that's a bad sign. You moved your glasses. Yeah, no, I'm my glasses now on my forehead. Right. <laughs> last night I was in bed and I was so fuming. I was thinking about just the game, and then I looked and saw my news that the Saudi Arabian prince had hacked Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, head of Amazon, his mo, and. That's make that's make believe stuff, right? I then started thinking that maybe Roy told them to play like that. <laughs> Deliberately it's a conspiracy. Just don't get a corner, right? Walk out, don't even walk out as a uniform team, right? Because we have to show the leaders in this club 
what a mistake they're making. So that's my, it's my hot take. Do you know, John, it's my, deliberate. Can I just say, much as, much as I love you, yeah. and much as I love that theory, what the f*** has it got to do with Jeff Bezos? <laughs> well, the reason why, and I can tell you this one, it's because it's so weird, the fact oh, that oh, you, right, you, okay. you get this guy's phone getting hacked. So maybe we could just do a conspiracy that Roy deliberately told the players, just don't don't bother playing. Mm. I think The one I thing this pod has been lacking... Jeff Bezos needs to be careful with the Saudi royal family because it's... They can do. They can hack a lot more than phones if they need to. <sighs> Hopefully, mm. none of them are listening. Um, we're, we're lacking conspiracy theories on this. What, so, it, it, what are the chances <laughs> of any of the Saudi royal family? Listen, we're at home now. We're Riyadh going. What a fucking terrible result that was. Last you know, time. we yeah, have a lot of listeners around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to joke about it, Kevin. You never do know. you think some of the people have been tweeting questions in that's an alias for the, the Saudi royal family? Can you can you prove it's not? So PC wires could actually be <laughs> the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> of course, I can't prove it's not. No, I've just convinced myself actually it's not conspiracy it's true now uh, that Roy deliberately told the players not to get a corner we need more conspiracy theories on this pod yeah. so we may, have had quite a check, few, your, check your medication we have had quite a few questions about, about uh, the owners and and what's going on with that so here's a couple Ben Allen Hi, ben. says who is to blame Roy for not utilising players in his squad in order to reduce slash prevent fatigue and injury or the owners for not bringing in players in the summer to give Roy options within the squad when fatigue slash injuries occur and Chris Brown has gone one further hi Chris he says who's going to make the Yanks out banner for the next game I'd do it but I'm bringing my Ollie McBurney can I have your shirt on instead <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a few other people who have said, who have said similar is this we know there's a takeover potentially happening we know that that could potentially if we're going by more conspiracy theories be not helping transfers do we think this is actually becoming a problem now it was a problem I... starting the season with 23 players who'd had a uh, who'd had a pre-season um, to get to to start the season fresh. Now we're starting the second half of the season with about sixteen players who are knackered. So we're already up off to a bad start. It's now just even more testing and compromising. You just got. You, I'm sure we were the last the, the Steve Paris trolley dash uh, next Thursday, but it'd be good to have something a bit a bit earlier than that, just based on. Okay, we've got a week's rest, which we die, we're in dire need of. But you just got to think, when else are we going to get 30 points by Christmas again? Uh, it's, Roy has just worked wonders with a really compromised yeah. Yeah. setup. But, uh, the owners are nothing to do with the players that come in. The owners will finance players and deals that they're suggested, told about. The owners aren't the ones that are out there looking for replacements. Steve Paris, I'm sure, because he thinks he knows about football and he does, will be talking to, to Roy. But Roy, Doogie, whoever it is, will go to the owners and say, this is our wish list, these are the players we want. The owners may or may not say, I'm not paying 30 million quid for that. They may or may not say, I'm not paying £100,000 a week for that. But for the most, the owners are not the ones saying, we need a centre-back, we need to see that. The owners let the people who know about football run the football club. And that's the problem, is because the people who know about football are arguing about who runs the football club. It's nothing to do with the owners. There's no... I don't think there is a takeover with this. And the, the fact is our finances, as I know from the other podcasts I do, our finances are not such that we need to be sold to save ourselves. And we're fine financially. We're, we're, we're doing well after four years of sort of economies wage-wise. We're fine. But, you know, and Steve Parrish will say I'm not... We have to think about the future. But it's not... This myth that it's the owners that are taking decisions about players that need to be brought in is just not... It's just not true. And it's not, and professional footballers don't look at the. So we're, we're a London club, we're a Premier League club, 
we should be attracting better players that we're getting. And that's nothing to do... The agent is not saying to them, well, be a bit careful because we're not sure which of the Americans wants to buy. They don't, they don't work like that. The agents are just going, here's the money involved. Do you, do you want to go here? Do you want to go to Watford? Do you want to go to Villa? And the, we're losing out to other clubs. And that's something to worry about. But it's not the owners that do it. It's, so this, the, it's the, the scouting. It's the... It's the Recruitment system. It's the we've signed Scott. Ben, great, we signed a kid from Dundee United. When's he going to get in the first team? I, I, I yeah. think I mean, earlier on I said we had to look at this from a systemic point of view, and I think all of what everyone's saying is right, and that's the concern because there are lots of different factors now that are generating an energy, a bit like an atom, and it's dangerous. I think yesterday's performance is a kind of symbolic meaning of what's actually happening in the club. I wouldn't be surprised if there is tension at the higher level amongst the owners. Um, one of them definitely wants out. Okay, um, If you want out, do you spend your money or do you not spend your money? Okay, so it isn't about them saying we need a centre-back or, or a winger. It's saying I'm not going to give you money to buy anyone because I want out. And I want, you know, my concern is if they did sell Zaha for 80 million, now if I'm an owner and I want out, I want some of that money. Mm. That's business. I don't care about reinvesting it. Okay, and, and so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there's tension. And that tension is definitely filtering through the club. And that, I, was, I was having lunch today with a, a journalist from Financial Times who writes on leadership and business and talking about this idea of leadership and transparency, about letting people have a sense of know where the movement is, where the vision is. We don't have a vision. This is the most concerning thing about the club. There's no real vision because nothing can be structured as a strategy because people want out. This is where we are. So what, what are you buying for? You're buying purely as a means of staying in the premiership. Okay, no bad thing. Roy knows, because he's not getting what he's wanting, he's got bonuses for himself and for his coaching staff that they want. So that I, I think we're seeing the first stages of something that, if it isn't dealt with soon, is going to turn into a big, toxic mess. I mean, the, the tension thing is interesting because Roy, in the last few months does seem very tense mm. in post-match press conferences, pre-match press conferences. There's been a lot in the last few weeks, references about lack of, lack of signings. Mm. And you're right, there does, there does seem to be a bit of tension there. I don't know how these things work. I'm not an expert at all. But there does seem to be... Tension is, think, tension is the right word. Two things about that. I don't think we're not in a situation like Watford are in where we owe... Like Watford owe 80 million quid to the Potsies who own the club. Mm -hmm. like we're not in a situation that the, the Americans haven't lent us money that we can't pay them back and they're not threatening to take because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. right. The second point is you talk to any professional footballer, they don't give a flying monkey about tension. They really don't care. As long as they're getting paid. Yeah. Like as, as Paddy McCarthy said the other night, it's, it's, it didn't matter that we weren't getting paid. Footballers mm. don't know. Football, as long as for the most part, as long as footballers are getting paid, they're going to a Premier League club. Even the agent's not going to be saying, "Well, one of the Americans might want out." It's a Premier League club, an established Premier League club, for all that we worry about getting relegated. So that doesn't. There's a, that that ownership stuff is operating at a completely different level. It's way outside the Venn diagram, and and Roy's tension about signings. It's about the fact he's not getting players... And Rory is tense. And it, he was very upset. You could see after Van Arnold was injured again, you could see how uh, he was visibly upset about the thing. And he's trying to manage a situation that he's probably not been in in his career, having this many players out. And that also, we should not forget that when we got to the point at Man City, it was without six or seven people that would have started in the first team. 
And so uh, any tension, I don't think, is, is related to that, that level. But, but I, still, right. I still think... But that's an opinion, I still think players like seeing new players come in. Oh, players oh, like yeah, seeing I a think, healthy squad. Players yeah. like having competition. And we've got, um, we've got a pond. We don't have a, a current of movement of the squad. Yeah. There's, no, there's no vibrancy. It's static. You know, yeah, and I, this is—it's short. It's twenty-three, not however many they should yeah. be. So all these things are alluding to something else. Something's not right. And on top of that, on a bigger, more macro level, this idea that there's no real sense of a vision, right? Not that we must get <coughs> to Europe. Okay, we've got the, the the planning permission now for the the mm. training ground, which is fantastic. We've got the planning permission for the new stand, but it just feels like what we have is planning permission. We don't have a. We don't know. Mm. There's something to do with Croydon council we've been told you know these little it's snippets to do, to do the transport access who's, right. it's yeah. to do with who's paying for widening the road do you, yeah, can you imagine imagine the day that Roy agreed to join the club if he was told we're going to sell a player whose name you don't even know yet mm. for 50 million yeah. Uh, yeah. and you can't spend any of that yeah. uh, do you think it would have taken the job because that would have just told him but I don't, Jesse, I don't, how limited he would be but I don't think anybody <laughs> I don't think anybody said to him, you can't spend that. I don't think anybody said that money's not available. It's just we haven't found somebody to spend that, that money on. But I think John's point, your point about the squad wanting to see other players come in, one of the ways to keep Wilf at the club, if you want to keep Wilf at the club, is to bring two other top-class players in as yeah. well. If you say to Wilf, look, we're bringing in Batshuayi, we're bringing in Loftus-Cheek, we're bringing in somebody from Milan, whatever, because we want to push on, not necessarily for Europe, but because we don't want to be where we are every season we don't want to start again every season but that ambition isn't isn't shown yeah. I agree but I don't think it's be, I think it's because there is nobody joining the docks I don't think it's like you can't spend that 50 million quid it's just we haven't found somebody to spend it on I guess it's my just, point from earlier was that when there is tension and fans are frustrated and they're not seeing signings coming in and the manager is moaning about signings and then performances on the pitch don't add up fans start asking questions about who's to blame yeah. who'd Fans are frustrated, and I 100% get that, even though I am 100% Roy in, 100% Steve in, mm, and very much like pro club. But I can understand why fans start asking questions, saying, what, why are the dots not joining up? Why are mm. things not as they seem? Who do we have to start moaning at, and who do we blame? Because fans are invested in this club, and they mm. want the best for it. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand why those questions are being asked. And we've said this all along, in the absence of... And you could argue, if you're Steve Paris, that he's got, why else should I have to tell you what's going on? Yeah, I get that, yeah. Why should I have to tell you what money we've got available? I'm trying to negotiate with agents, etc. But in the absence of fact, fans will speculate. But of I course, think, and you course, course, that's, yeah. the, and that's yeah. the frustration, because no, it's, that's the frustration when Roy doesn't turn around after last night and go... I'm really sorry that came out of nowhere. We'll work, and that's that's you get that's even more annoying than the performance. But, but if just, to, if just it, acknowledge yeah. that it was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Just acknowledge that there's people who spent yeah, exactly. a lot of money on tickets to get in to see that game. Just say that's not acceptable. That's not up to the level. Of the that, that's that's the the most annoying thing. And that's when you speculate. Well, why is he not saying that? Is the club telling him not to say that? It's Steve Paris is doing. It's like, mm. and then suddenly these stories about the civil war. So that's the. And, all, and you could just pull the rug from under all these things by just every now and again saying, this is the reason why. This is why we lost that player. This is why he's out injured. This is why we didn't get the signing we wanted. Mm. We have got money, but it's difficult. It's a kind of party political broadcast. There's something about, if I was the Americans, though, or, or I'd also be looking and saying 30 points. Um, do we have to buy anyone? Do yeah, we really yeah, have yeah. to? And yeah. oh, But then Roy might walk. Yeah? Yeah. Because my, 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 my experts who give me my stats in my Manhattan tower, right, 
making me think that we could be saving X amount of millions mm. and then we can think about what's our strategy for the summer, which mm. should already be the case. Um, but do we have to buy it? Yeah, but the fans, there's, sorry, who? Mm. The, I, I'm, I'm business here. Mm. You know, and I'm half business. And that's why us American Manhattan people are more successful than most English business people because we, we, we're ruthless. And that that's my... I can imagine that conversation being... We we're, we're not owed anything as fans, right? That that's that's really important to, you know, our loyalty because our tribalism will always be there. But the, the, mm. If you remember the pod we did between Christmas and New Year, which was that four years ago? I don't, it's like a long time ago, isn't it? But it, I wasn't it, on it, so it doesn't count. Oh yeah, but it, it's when we talked about Gyro. The downside of Gyro doing well was that the club might go, oh, we don't need a left-back. Yeah. Mm. We've got gyro as cover for PVA, or PVA for cover as gyro. Yeah. So that 15 million is part. <laughs> and schlappy when he's and back. Yeah, so it's, that's... Because, so, again, you do want to go, OK, if we don't have to spend the money, we won't spend the money, because they're not going to spend it, just as you say, just to make fans happy. But, again, it then makes Vic, mm. Roy the victim of his own success by, as Jesse says, doing yeah. so well with, with a decapitated yeah. squad that, actually, it almost looks like we're doing better than we are. Anyway, look, we're doing all right. We're still, yeah, we're a mid-table Premier League team, so. But you just know, if Roy leaves, it's all the house of cards falls down. You know it, but he but, will be but, leaving soon. Within, if, the, within the next two years, uh, at the yeah. very most. And, and if yeah. you're leaving, yeah. and this is another thing yeah. about leadership, what legacy do you want to leave? And yeah. he's got a big legacy. He has given us our most successful yeah. time. Let, let, let's, you know, with football, I think a style of football that's been forced on him, which is, you know, Fred Flintstone-style football, right? But it, that I don't think that's his fault. Well, I do think, you know, so it's his legacy. He could walk away saying, I've created, I've been the manager for the most successful period. Yeah. Of, of, and that, that's massive, right? We that, can't, we can't, but that style of football, you're absolutely right. But there were times when he, it, again with Roy, it always comes out to personnel. When he had Loftus-Cheek mm. and Kabai and Wilf and Andros on both wings, we did play good football. But we, when we were safe. Heavy. When we were safe. Well, we played good football in the last 10 games of the season when we had enough points. But it was it was good. It was still good football, yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't the, the same type of personnel, yeah. right personnel to play. He could but do that. It, I, that's why I'd love to see him having some better players. Yeah. So because I think we would be playing a different style of football. I agree. But Jess, I think I, I think it was Jesse who made the point at the live pod on Friday. It's about when Roy does go, which will happen this season, next season. Is there a succession plan for once? Because we've lurched from manager to manager. How many we've had a manager virtually every season in the Premier League. Have we worked out a plan? Is Roy involved in who comes in next? Or does Roy's decision to retire... Yeah, you know, there's a 72-year-old man's decision to retire come as a complete surprise <laughs> to everybody at the club. Well, Roy's or have we got something sorted out? Well, it all depends yeah. on how well Pardy does in <laughs> Holland. <laughs> Won his first game. He did. Um, it's the right country for him, isn't it? He can only look good in a city full of war criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping that in. Um, on the Scott Banks thing, Art Vandelay 32 Art. says, did we sign Scott Banks to bring the average squad age down to around eight? It definitely will have an effect on that. And it's to have another Scottish midfielder, but it's like the, it's like the 70s when we were full of Scottish <laughs> players. Yeah. Um, and Battle Johnny says, why have we signed Banks when we're not willing to give Kirby a chance? I suspect Banks won't be going into the first team anyway, so I think that's kind of a null point. I think that's a very good point. There's none of us have really seen Kirby. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, he has to prove he's good enough. I mean, it's 
I mean, it's got Dougie all over it. And I mean, when Roy publicly admits, as he did today, that he's not seen him play, but he's told he's going to be a useful addition to the squad. He's a young Scottish player. It's got Dougie Freeman's... Doogie, whatever, I can't remember what it is. I've annoyed him by saying... But you, got no, got, you haven't got another name for him? Yeah, I'll do it. Moving on. But it's not, he's not going to get in the... He's not going to get anywhere near the first team, is he? And no, it's, it's no. nice if you're buying potential, but also the other thing as well, because Paddy McCarthy spoke really eloquently about bringing on young players and how you manage young players, and suddenly the kids that we've brought on from the age of 12, 13, 14 having to say hello to this Scottish kid who's we've paid whatever it is, you suddenly parachuted down and go, oh, well, you know, thanks for all the work you've done the last seven years, lads. We've did, but here's a kid from Dundee United you've never heard of, probably can't understand, and he's going to get in the team before you are. And it's a strange kind of... Mm. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a doogie... It's not a Roy signing, is it? It's so far from a Roy signing. Not if he's admitted he hasn't watched him. It. And that's... You kind of... Yeah, you either say, "Well, that's the modern game," or you say, "We've signed a player that the manager's not even seen, <laughs> even on DVD." That's that's an indication, as John said, that there is. That's where the tensions are. On VHS, on a cartoon flick book, which won't be for Roy, or what the Butler saw machine. Which, as I said that, I realise most people won't understand what we're talking about. Maybe he's been sold in well, as Ali McCoy's cousin or something like that. <laughs> But that's where the tensions are. John talked about tensions, and I don't think the tensions are at the, the highest level. The tensions are somewhere between the people who are doing the recruitment and the people who are coaching and managing. I mean, yeah. it's an issue we come back to a lot. I would, I would think it's all over the club. Yeah. Well, well, listen, yeah. sorry. When but we if you're Brandon Perrett or whatever, or if you're a, a young attacking midfield player in our academy team, and this kid's coming, you go, well, well, hang on a second, what... True, Western although course, I mean, and, yeah. and, and Paddy McCarthy was very um, excited about some of the players coming through from the academy. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate he and when we had um, Gary Issa on pre- earlier in the season talked about managing these young players, and you can't always with Brandon, you can't always just chuck them in all all the time. You do have to manage their their brains as well as their bodies as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's taken into consideration. Look, when but we talk, what does it say about our academy rec- recruitment when we're going to Dundee? to pick up an exciting young attacking midfield player. I think that's still all right, though. I mean, I think if, you know, he does sound like he's got something about him, you know, I think, I, I, you know... Kevin Rasta had something about him. Kevin Rasta yeah, played in the Premier it, League it, and goals for the Premier League. It's one. an 18-year-old. He, 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 he looks like Wal Pratt as well. So, you know, he's going to be practised on his arm. He just wind up Wilfred Trader. That's the sort of thing Liverpool would do. Sign a player just... To yeah. in training, wind up somebody right. doesn't. Mm. That, it looks like so. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> listen, when we, you were talking before about um, the legacy after Roy, and I and I apologise, I did have some questions about it, but I put them at the wrong part in my notes. So I'm going to go to them now. Maho Man, hi Maho Man, man. says, um, should Palace rotate the players or the manager? John Merriweather. <laughs> I'll leave that hanging. No, it's a question. I, I think, I think there are some Palace fans who would like the manager to be changed, but the majority wouldn't. Really, I think the majority are like John and, and uh, what's your name? Daniel Fark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John and Jesse. Um, we, uh, who want, who want, it wouldn't it be nice? To, so Jesse, you mentioned earlier. That I think you said Selsey said what a waste of a season this has been. I think what most part we talked about this again on the live pod 
Roy's legacy will be... It's, uh, it's two years after he goes that people will say, actually, he didn't do a bad job. But I think most of us would like to see Roy have a season where... He's given yeah, exactly. the yeah, money he yeah, wants yeah, yeah. to buy the yeah. players he wants, and then in a sensible way, and right? then see what happens. Exactly. And then see what happens with a you know, yeah. It's like Klopp. It's taking Klopp four, five, six transfer windows to build the team he wants, and Roy's had four transfer. But just for, just for once, let him just go. But look at let the Roy same. Tell you the players he wants, and then see if we can get them. Well, the, and then the Saints him. manager last season was pretty. Sh- you know, and he was given the time. Yeah. You know, he yeah. was given the time to develop. They and, yeah. and, I mean, that's you know, incredible that he kept his job just, after he, that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and they kept with him. Now, I do think the Saints have got a better infrastructure when it comes to youth. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. do. And they, they have for a while. They're trying to have they And they've probably got a much better scouting system. Yeah. But, you know, they're no, they're no superstars in that yeah. team. That's the thing. They're, there's no kind of... Well, look, listen, look, to, to, to um, shine a light on how people are divided at the moment. Aaron McGeever says, am I a bad person for wanting Palace to show a bit of ambition and push for Europe? I know mid-table obscurity is better than the scrap at the bottom and we shouldn't be ungrateful to the board, but we have a real opportunity, which I think we we were saying earlier, to add to a few more key positions. But on the other side, John Merriweather says, I get... Hello, John. I get the whining, but who who would everyone think is a decent replacement for Roy? Mid-table obscurity never had it so good. So that, and, mm. and, and just on those replacements, a couple of our patrons have um, done some suggestions. Joe Lee. Hi, Joe. I think it's Joe Lee. It's one of the Joes in the group. says, um, Sean Derry to replace Roy. Could well tick a lot of boxes for the owners. Cheap coaching experience, knows the club. Prem playing experience and has a relationship with Dougie. And Matt Buckland has gone yeah. for a dream team of Paddy McCarthy and Sean Derry <laughs> at the top. What a pair. Um, it probably would end up being, looking at our track record, someone with a relationship. With the club, wouldn't it? The, the, going back to the very first point, the, the problem with this season is that mid-table obscurity is really close to the bottom of the table now. Because there's, suddenly there's eight points between 12 clubs. It's Norwich are the only team that are adrift. So I, I don't think for a moment we'll go down, but yeah, from Wolves downwards, it's it's going to be the, probably the closest. Um, and we've got games coming up. That we've only, it's only really Liverpool away that you think we won't get anything out of but again that is that emotion here well let's get Paddy McCarthy and Sean Derry who've got so little experience of coaching at the highest level because they're Palace legends like that's where it comes back to I just hope that there is a some sort of succession plan I think yeah I I agree I mean if we're talking about mid-table with this squad it's not mid we we, you know it's what Selzy said he would have taken fourth from bottom yeah yeah and that's really the depth of our squad is is around, you know, the lower part of that division. So we're not a mid-table team. And the fact that we kind of are at the moment is, is again, just credit to the players and credit to Roy and the coaching staff, not credit to the club. We have to, you know, that, that that's important to make that divide. So we are, we're on very thin ice. But I guess um, what's dividing people there, <coughs> Jesse, is that we could be a mid-table team and we kind of have the opportunity to be even better in many ways. It is there, isn't it? The infrastructure is there. Like seven seasons in the Premier League, we could be doing. We could be doing better. Well, we're the not, chance is there. We're, we're sort of throwing away the cup competitions. I mean, I know that the FA Cup came at the worst time for our uh, uh, our squad, but it, it, what are we prioritising after getting thirty points? There, mm. There's just it's been a really good opportunity to build on that, and we've just not taken it. it we're so far into the transfer window now. We're going to end up with. Um, not our first choices that I imagine that we've not been able to secure already. So 
I think whatever happens after Roy is going to be some sort of gamble. Yeah. It's a given. It, probably not on a De Boer level, but whoever it's going to be, even if it ends up being Eddie Howe, to me that's a gamble. Mm. Um, and your get-out-of-jail cards are, are sort of run out. We've used the, the yeah, Allardyce and yeah. Poulis and um, now Roy kind of get-out-of-jail cards. What are we going to fall back on? There's, there's, there's real... A guaranteed gamble coming up on behalf of our management choice. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it just feels pretty dicey, whoever it is. But for all for all that we've moaned tonight, what does doing better look like? It's it, it's it's yep. it's, a, it's a kind of generational thing. It's like we, we will probably finish twelfth in the Premier League for the seventh time. Yeah, is. Better eighth in the Premier League is better fluking a season in, in Europe, or is better just staying in the Premier League. And I think again, it's a generational thing, which we said time and time again. Yeah. Ed, who you can occasionally hear noises coming from the, and I really hope it's because he's watching football. <laughs> but it, you know, he's a twenty-four-year-old Palace fan who wants us to be doing more. As far as I'm concerned, staying in the Premier League is is enough. And we'll at the moment we're always finishing somewhere between fourteenth and tenth, and that's that's fine. But then what do you do then? Do you bankrupt the club by? Do you do it's, what Charlton did? It's very true. And also, yeah, um, we know we were talking about squad depth a lot. A European run for us would probably be catastrophic. The one thing we all all I want, I think the one thing we can all agree on, whether you're twenty four or my age, which no one's ever going to officially find <laughs> out, is that you want to turn up for home games thinking we might actually win this game. Yeah. We've well, paid a lot of money to get here. I've spent 50 quid in the pub, which is why I've... And these, so I, you know, there's a lot of people in the pub. You know, it's, it's, so you Because you, it's an ex- expensive day out. You know, I've bought a season ticket. I want to turn up at Sellers Park, not just thinking we're going to win every game, but thinking that we're going to try and win every game. I've got and that's where the out. next manager is the important one. The next man, It's the attitude of the next manager. Well, it's just like I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking purely from a fan's point of view, I've got three season tickets. I've got a 10-year-old son who goes with me who has, you know, it's kind of that thing of seeing not a full squad. You know, we don't have the full squad. He sees utility players playing all around the place, you know, as a means of Schlupp being midfield, winger, mm. left back, uh, Kelly, centre back, right back, left back, you know, are you there? there? You know, and he, it's just like... He, he loves Palace and always will do, but it's kind of what what we're getting. And this idea, and I agree with you, you know, I know there is a kind of thought about maybe going to the Championship would be a good thing, at least. Ooh. And I totally disagree with that, right? Yeah. And being, but we can't measure any success apart from surviving when we don't have a proper squad. Mm. Yeah. You know, so what do we, if we had a full squad and what Sosie says, two players per position etc then we can say well we should have pushed mm. for Europe there we should have done this or we've done with the squad we, but we haven't even got a full squad we've been so lucky if if we hadn't got 12 or 13 penalties last year we probably yeah. would have got relegated mm. this year that's not been a factor we've mm. somehow managed to just run a really tight ship and score uh, enough to just win by one goal and so we've ridden our luck again it's just all I really ask I don't think it's unreasonable is to start the season with a striker who's a nailed on chance of scoring more than 10 goals yes. mm. I think that would no. be an improvement um, I don't know if 50 million burn, is burning a hole in Roy's pocket, Roy's pocket I don't know if it's it's realistic that he, he could he would have spent it if he could but if he could why isn't he just going all out and buying Mitrovic for 30 mil why because you can get that You can then you've then you've got 
the player, you've taken the initiative, and you can sell Benteke for a fee. But right now we can't until we get someone else in. Yeah. So we're just hamstrung, not taking the initiative. And I'd just like to start the season with a striker who's going to do a striker's job but in I, the I, Premier League. But I would like to start a season where Townsend's got competition. Mm. Before Townsend got injured, we were talking about he's hot and cold. He's, you know, you know we weren't, you know, it wasn't. But to have another winger on the roster in the squad, who can at least challenge Townsend or give Zahar a, 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 a rest or, or change it up. We just don't have that. And you can't say it's Schlupp. Burnley got Rodriguez for £10 million. I know that he's probably not a Burnley type of player in that they'd rather put it on Chris Wood's head to, to score a goal. But Rodriguez for £10 million, I think, was a great deal. Mm. In the right team, he'd score a lot of goals. I think How Sheffield much United- did Southampton pay for rings? Ten, yeah, not a lot. Right, we were in for him, and he didn't want to come to us. Swansea uh, sold McBurney for seventeen million to Sheffield United. How are they doing those type of deals, and we're not having had seven years in the Premier League? It does feel very strange. That's my point. That there's a systemic something not right. That there's something not right. And it's been like that. The seven-year thing is the we haven't. It doesn't feel that the infrastructure of a way of moving is is, is mature enough. Yeah, always we we say this at the start of every. It feels like we've been promoted for the first time every season. Exactly. But I've said about Schluppy as well because you know I've been always been slightly ambivalent about him. I I think him not playing has made him a much better player. <laughs> like it does with any yeah, player. It does. Else. You just kind of go, as you said earlier on, you kind of you do miss his drive, yeah. his yeah. ambition, and his, his direct. You said direct, direct, mm. absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, can I round off uh, this uh, very interesting debate? By the way, in part two, some good questions <laughs> have, uh, have prompted us here with one of our regulars, Chaz Lucas, Chaz, who says, "Why can't I decide if we're having a good season <laughs> or not?" <laughs> Because you can say we've lost one in nine until yeah. yesterday, or we've only won three in sixteen. It's you yeah. can look at it's, like it's half full or half empty. And how well, how are you guys feeling? I just think it's a strange thing for all you know. Match of the day on Saturday night when they're praising Palace for doing a really good job. It's like you don't have to watch them every second week, and it's it comes back to a bigger debate about is football and entertainment industry, or, or and again it's generational because I think. For people of my generation, it's fine. If I have to watch a 1-0 win, and it's Richard and 1-0 win at home, I will. I'd rather not. Yeah. But it's it's just kind of... And again, it's a discussion we've had. There are other ways of getting to 30 points. There are other ways, as you said, John, of losing 2-0 at home mm. to Southampton. And we don't seem to want to even try the other way. It's like Allardyce is all about respecting the point. It's like, well, let's start with the fact that we could get three points. And then if we do end up with one point... And it seems that so often it's like, okay, we've got one point, let's keep that and see what happens. And it's, it's, it's a really good, it's a very good it's question. A good it's, question. A, it's a very good question. And I think it comes back to the fact that it is only the fourth pod that we've had where we're all really, really angry. And we are, for the most part, at this stage of the season, where we are with the amount of points we've got, probably only three wins away from safety with games against most of the teams, unlike this time last season when we had games against the top eight teams to come uh, yeah we've got Arsenal we've got yeah, Chelsea Man United but at home we've got Liverpool away and the rest of our games are against teams in and around us which is a good thing or a bad so it, it's yeah it's but again it's it's like we just haven't pushed on that's the other thing to it's frustrating know. but I think as you alluded to Celsius saying multiple times if we stay up it's a good season 
Yeah. Really, that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to, especially given, as you said, Jesse, the miracles that Roy's worked with the squad. It does, it does, it just feels a little oh, bit. You dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> it, Everyone's a critic, aren't they? I really hope the mics <laughs> pick that up. Um, it, it does, it does feel like something is not quite right, but can, at the end of the day, we are still having a successful season. Can I ask you a question, Daddy, about, about you talking about Roy working a miracle? Why we don't say that about Warnock, Pulis, Pardew, the other people that kept us up? Why is, why is, why is Roy's miracle? They all spent but, so much money. That's maybe did they have the injury? Did they yeah. have the amount of injuries but, that Roy's but, but, but I mean, I was actually thinking about that. I went to go and see the Man City game at the Etihad with my son Dexter five years ago, six years ago. When we lost one nil, and when that was Pulis's that, yeah. second okay, game. Yeah. Johnny uh, Williams Jekko, was Jekko playing. Cavanagh yeah. was playing. Yeah. yeah, and and I thought that un, under the Pulis, that that kind of ar, kind of archaic football I'm talking about was really exciting because there was a thing of he would throttle, we would throttle a team, and then we'd break with punch Shamak yeah. Balassi. There Wardy, was no Wardy Zaha. There was no, yeah, yeah, and there yeah. was no Zaha. Yeah, you know, yeah. but we were so there was the the brilliant cleverness of Shamak, the speed of Balassi and Punchin on the wings, and it was just um, it was exciting. There was an excite, and then all of a sudden we were moving up. So there was a beautiful romantic element to it as well. But the football was exciting. This is not exciting football we're playing. You know, we're there's nothing about fine, be defensive, let come, but there's nothing, there's nothing about the the football we're playing that's exciting. There's nothing interesting about it. There's, there's absolutely, you know, and and the fact we got no corners yesterday, mm. we shouldn't be too surprised. That's the kind of football we're playing. You okay. Know? All right. Well, that's the end of that's the end of part two. So after the break, we're going to have well, the pre we've got a, obviously no game that weekend, but our next game is Sheffield United at home, which is quite a big game. So we'll, we'll do a quick preview of that. Oh, yeah, right. we'll Why do not? a little bit preview. Why okay. Not? So join us um, after this. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Yeah, we're feeling, we're feeling a bit, we've got it out of our systems, you know. We're feeling a bit better. Um, it's uh, Pod Three One Seven, and the next game is Sheffield United at home. Kevin, mm. ten days between mm. that and now, it will be the first game in February, which means that the transfer window will have closed. Mm. So we may have some new faces. In the squad, we may not. We may hopefully yeah, have some yeah. returning faces. Could have some in exactly. New faces on the bench, like Townsend and <laughs> Ben Teke. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that what's going to be the most important thing for this game? Having having a squad, having a, um, a match day squad that has got new faces or returning faces, feeling a bit more packed out and making no, a difference for a home game at Sillers? I, I think the most important thing is the 10 days, is what you said. For the first time in my life... I'm actually pleased we're out of the FA Cup. I was really upset after the Derby game because of how badly we played. I'm of that generation that attaches an importance to the FA Cup, even though 
you know, the, the, the top six clubs, one of them will win it. But I'm actually really pleased because now we've got a, ten, a proper 10-day break. So that, that, that excuse is out the window. Mm-hmm. That's gone now. If players come back, that's fine. But in any normal year in the Premier League, the squad that we have, despite what we've said tonight, after a 10-day break, should be good enough to beat Sheffield United. So there are no excuses after... You know, if the team that started last night, which is should be a better team than Sheffield United, should be, starts again in 10 days' time, that, that fatigue excuse is gone. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. And there's also part of me that thinks you'd want to see a reaction... Almost, it would be nice if we did have a game on Saturday for a reaction. But I just think that that 10-day break, if he can't, if Roy and the coaches can't get them champing at the bit by the time they get on against Sheffield United, then then there is a problem. Then there is a real problem. I don't think any of us should hold our breath and say we're going to be getting a 15, 20-goal striker. I think Kai Walker-Peters is probably the only, the most likely option to come in but yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that Sheffield United is not running out of steam and Sheffield United are the story of the season by the way I don't think Chris Wilder would win any awards but they are the way they started this season attacking the, you know because I thought they, I was sure they would go, would go down yeah same I thought that after three or four games their refreshing attitude to trying to win football games would, would fade but but on any given day we are a better team than they are Simple as that, except when they beat us, of course. But, but you know, if you look at their squad, you would say most of our players are as good, if not better, than their players as it should be. So the 10-day break is the most important thing to me. If, I, even if we do bring players in, it's unlikely that Roy will start them anyway, to be perfectly honest. Depends who they are. So it, it also, I'd be really interested to see how Roy approaches that game, whether he takes the criticism on board, whether he changes the shape, whether he starts with a more attacking formation because Sheffield United do go at teams away from home and that might play into his normal playing I don't know well this is exactly my point as Kevin touched on Sheffield United have been excellent away from home Mm. this season story of the season really so they're not even though on paper it looks like one of those games that we should be targeting for a win they're not to be taken lightly are they no I think I'd be totally happy with the point um, if I'm going to be honest I mean we can we can kind of think about who might come in. I, I'd be more interested if PVA was fit. Mm. I think he has to come back in because of the attacking nature he offers. I think against the Saints last night, I think the front, the back two, um, Cahill and Tonkins were exposed. And Cahill's talked about Luca and as the stopper, which is again interesting mm. because we've all said he needs a rest. And he has, but it just shows how much we missed him with a player not playing that well. Okay, and that's the squad again. That's the quality we're having. But I think Luca will have to come in. I think Sacco, the, the way Hodgson talked about Sacco yesterday, you know, new player, etc., I think he'll start if he's fit as well. Yeah. Um, I was impressed with Southampton's defence last night. Vestergaard, apart from the blip which led to the Tosin shot, was like Van Dyke like He was an <laughs> absolute wall in the second half especially. Southampton was so well organised. I think Sheffield United are going to be exactly the same at the back. There's there two banks of four, very Poulos, Allardyce-like. They're going to be really hard to break down. So I, my hopes hang on someone like Luger having had his rest. And he always seems to have a bit of a second half is of the... Is he back for that game? Is he eligible? Yeah. Was it yeah, four? I guess so. Is it three? Three, yeah. three, I think so, yeah. He, he's properly rested and he's missed. Um, I think he, has, he usually has a good 
couple of outfield goals in him second mm. half of the mm. season. I'd like to see him kind of step up because we need something new to happen in this team. So I think it, I think it's really interesting because I would take the point as well, but it's, which is odd against a promoted team. But I think we're going to get to safety with draws rather than wins. To be perfectly which honest, which sounds actually with right. the squad we've got makes a lot of rational sense yeah. because that's really I think what it should be now. The strategy should be let's just chip away at it. Yeah. Um, and unless we do get a strike and a winger in where we can do something else, I think Ooh, the one see. thing with Sheffield United is that they do they do try and win games. And that they, if they do try and win games in the last 15, 20 minutes, they will leave us, yeah, leave them vulnerable at the back because they do like to put the centre backs in particular. That's the whole idea of it, the overlapping centre back, which is should be ludicrous, but that's what they try and do. So they, I, I just don't want Roy to go, okay, well, if he is going to do it, just tell us why he's going to do it. Just say, well, this is, we're going to play the same way we always do at home. But you just want to get on the front foot, get the first goal, which we talk about every pod, yeah. and then see what, try and win the game rather than try not to lose the game. Okay, uh, well, we'll see what happens um, in 10 days' time. Um, that's it for this week's pod. How are we all feeling? Do we feel slightly better about things than we did at the start of the pod? I don't feel better about things. No, I feel really. good, great yeah. that I've got it off my chest. Yeah, There you go. Yeah, FYP I feel a therapy. Palace, but things, no. Okay. Really. All right, wrong question. Ali's, um, Ali's on tour. House is a tip, you can see that. Ed and I, I wasn't going to say anything, like, but I think it's going to be yeah. painful not having a game to get over this. Uh, this weekend so it's good that you're putting out the other pod thank you very yeah. much I was about to say you could, if, if, if you're pod. missing Palace at the weekend you can listen to mm. uh, our live pod in full oh, good. yeah great yeah. Well, kind of in full some bits yeah, have yeah. been cut out put it out, um, three, <laughs> put it out three, three o'clock Saturday put which it out. bits have you cut out um, just the bits that I definitely can't uh, be broadcast. Well, um, you did, if you told me that Palace TV were going to be filming it, I may not have used that word about that particular person. You definitely would have done. Um, Three times. It's actually going up at uh, midnight on Friday night, so it'll be there for you Saturday morning. How did you know? Oh, I see the pod. Yeah, ready, <laughs> ready for you to listen and fill that Palaceless Saturday. Um, so look out for that in your pod folder. In the meantime, Jesse, thanks for joining us. A fanzine uh, for sale against Sheffield United. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank God he's on. I literally, it's not even in my notes. Um, yes, the next issue of the fanzine is out against Sheffield United. Yeah, Tom Maslona has been piecing that together, so we'll be getting that ready for next week. And if anyone's got any pictures from Selhurst, because we've got a bit of a, a photo graveyard this season. So, um, Especially in that right quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> not, and you don't, basically, you don't want to see too many pictures from my phone of corners being taken, because there wasn't <laughs> any last night. There's, uh, it's literally just... Uh, a, a real urgent need for pictures so send any good ones you have from so if you those, like picture cam thing where you strap a camera to your forehead just um, do like headphone cam yeah right. I'll look into it Yeah, we'll give it a go if you've got any good photos high res ideally we can use in the fanzine send them to contact if you've got some of Palace that'd be great as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, do you know we'll take anything um, contact at fypfanzine.uk um, we'd really appreciate them uh, JC Good to have you back on. Thank you very much. Top man, eh, Kevin. It's good to be back at the home of podcasting (laughs) in many ways. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, The Paddy one is out on the weekend, and then the post match with you from after Sheffield United. And then we're back. And actually, we're back next week. Are we? We have got a pod next week in the international break, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, try and enjoy the rest of the week. (laughs) Things will get better, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.